Well, welcome again, and thank you, Mary Alice and Terry and all of our music people and everyone making worship possible this morning. We continue our series in the Gospel of Luke, entitled In the Footsteps of Jesus. This morning we're looking at Launch Out into the Deep, and is where Jesus calls Peter and some of the other disciples. We are in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesareth, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, launch out into the deep, in other translations, and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, as I said, we're looking at launching out into the deep this morning. And I love the story of this... Um, farmer who lived near a medium-sized lake, and uh, every now and then he'd look out there on the weekend, and he'd see this truck pull in, and this man would get into this boat. He'd go out into the lake for a while, and he didn't have any fishing poles, but he'd come back every time with a large stringer of fish, and so he began to be very suspicious about that, and so he called his friend who was a game warden and told him about it, and the game warden said, no, that does sound suspicious, you know, so one weekend, the game warden comes in just everyday clothes, and he sees this suspicious truck that is described, and he goes up to this fisherman, and he starts to talk to him, and the man invites him to go fishing, and so they go out in the boat for a little bit, and at that point, this man pulls out this box, and it's full of dynamite, and the game warden says, I just want you to know that I'm a game warden, and it's illegal to fish with dynamite. The man was un unfazed by that, so he took a stick of dynamite, he lights a fuse, hands it to the game warden, and said, are you going to talk, or are you going to fish? <laughs> well, we're not going to light any dynamite this morning, I don't think, but we are going to go fishing a little bit and uh, hopefully some explosive or at least renewing truths in your life of discipleship and faith. And I love the story of Jesus calling Peter and these other disciples. And uh, we're told that Jesus goes down to the Lake of Gennesaret, which is another word, another word or term for the Sea of Galilee, of course. It's called with a sea and a lake, and it's sort of a medium-sized sea, but it can be very stormy at times. And I've been privileged to be out there on the lake, and it's beautiful, but I'm told it is also dangerous at times, too. And, and Peter and James and John and others had been fishing all night, hadn't caught a thing, and so they're cleaning their nets away. And Jesus comes, and he begins to teach by the water's edge. And then at that point, Jesus gets into one of the boats, which happens to be the one that's Simon Peter's, and then turns to Simon and asks him to push the boat out into shallow water there so he can teach from the lake. 
And I think this is sort of the first point to think about launching out in deep or following Christ, which is to open your hearts and lives to Christ. And in this moment, this isn't the first time we believe that Jesus met Simon Peter. Actually, the first time we believe is recorded in the Gospel of John, which is just after Jesus' baptism. And he calls a number of the disciples, of which one is Peter. We don't know exactly what happened, but I think probably what happened is that Peter went back to fishing. Isn't that what happens sometimes when God calls us? We go back to what we were doing before. And then the next moment, as you recall from some of the teaching last week, is that Jesus goes into Peter's house and heals Simon's mother-in-law. And so that's a moment that's beautiful and powerful. And in this moment, I don't think it's by chance that Jesus gets into Peter's boat, who's known as Simon at that time, and asks Simon to push out into, into shallow water. And I think in our own lives, sometimes God walks into, in this case, it's a boat, but it's really Peter's life, his office, if you will. So God sometimes comes into our home, sometimes comes into our office. Wherever it is, God steps into our life. And the question for all of us is, are we open to Jesus coming into our life? Not just in the church, which is important, but also into our very lives. And so Jesus begins to teach as he's in Peter's boat. Now, Jesus is teaching from the water's edge, and if you've ever been out on a lake, there's sort of a natural amphitheater effect there. This is the uh, Sea of Galilee, sort of irregular on the shore, and so there's places where people could gather and sit, and Jesus was teaching, and of course, the water would create this natural amphitheater, and Jesus is sitting down and teaching, and I'm sure Peter was thankful that Jesus was sitting and not standing, right? If you've been in a boat, you appreciate that. Uh, but actually, that was the way that rabbis taught at that time. And so I think the next step is to listen to God's Word and to trust in God's Word. And so Peter is not just sitting there in the boat, but he's also listening to what Jesus is teaching. In our own lives, I think that's one of the steps of following Christ, is to really to listen and to absorb the Word that God is teaching so for all of us, of course, Sunday morning, we listen to God's Word, but how are you about weaving into God's Word to your everyday life? Maybe there's a devotional moment that you have in the morning or in the evening, wherever is good for you. Maybe it's at noon. Just taking a moment to study God's Word and to listen to the Holy Spirit in your heart and life. And then the next thing is to take a step of faith. And Jesus, after he's done teaching, challenges Simon, I think a little bit, and he tells him to put out into deep water for a catch of fish. Now, Simon says, as any fisherman would say, listen, we've fished all night long and haven't caught a thing. Now, Jesus is turning from preaching to meddling, right? Uh, Peter was a fisherman. He knew fishing. He knew Jesus was a carpenter, no doubt. And now Jesus is telling him how to fish. And Jesus says to throw the nets on the other side of the boat. And that was the opposite side that you should fish. So it should be in that time of day near the shore. But this is Jesus telling them to throw on the other side of the boat. And Peter says this, we fished all night and we haven't caught a thing, but because you say so, we'll do it. And I think in our own lives, that's what we need to do so many times. Sometimes God moves us out of our comfort zone, out into deep water. I love that phrase, launch out into the deep. Many of us are sort of shallow water Christians, aren't we? We like to stay near the shore where we can see, where we know we can kind of wade back into the shore. But Jesus challenges Peter to launch out into the deep. 
And I might ask you today, where is God sort of tugging you to launch out into the deep, a new area of your heart and life and faith? And then Jesus tells him to throw the nets over, so Peter does, and what happens? He has such a large catch of fish that it's too much for his boat, so the other disciples come over, and they begin to fill their, their boats with fish, and it's so big that they almost begin to sink, and they make it to, to shore. And I think in this moment, it's a beautiful picture not only of God teaching us a new step of faith, but what are, what are boats a symbol of and what are fish a symbol of? Well, boats are often a symbol of the church. If you look at kind of the shape of the church, it kind of looks like an ark upside down, right? And we think about fishing. We think about people who are coming to Christ. And so Peter is using the means that he has in order to follow Christ, and amazing miracles are happening. And then the next step of faith is this, that Jesus challenges Peter to leave his boat and his nets behind and to follow him, for he will make him fishers of men. And that is the greatest challenge of all. So Peter is willing, along with the other disciples, to leave their boats behind and their nets behind and, frankly, their fish behind and to follow Christ. And now that is really stretching faith, isn't it? You're talking about the means that he has, his job, maybe even his home in some sense, because he's going to travel away from home and to follow Jesus each step of the way. And I think many times in our life, we think about the children here this morning. We had a lot uh, at the early service, at the contemporary service. And as parents, how many remember the first step their child took? I know it's been a while for some of you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? And, uh, and you anticipated that first step, and usually they, they held on to something, right? Maybe it was even your hand. And they took that first step, and it was just amazing. You affirmed them, you applauded them, and then slowly by slowly, they took another step, and pretty soon they're running, they're playing sports, all kinds of things. And I think the same way in our own walk of faith, that sometimes that first step of faith, like Peter, you know, just to let God into the boat, that's a big step, and then it's sort of throwing the, the net out on the deep side and moving out into water, and then it's just following Jesus wherever Jesus goes. And in our own lives, to use our gifts and talents to grow and develop each step of the way. And it doesn't end at any stage in our life. Each stage of life, God has a new way to stretch our faith and have us take another step of faith. Where is God pulling you in your faith and life today? And what we don't realize sometimes is sometimes we think the longer we're in faith, the less we need to see. But the truth is, every step of faith in life requires the kind of faith that sees the unknown. I'm going to read again what Mary Alice read earlier from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, because if you could see it, it's not really faith. And if you can see it, it's with your eyes of faith. And I challenge you as part of your maybe homework or faith work or whatever this week, heart work, to go ahead and read the rest of the chapter of Hebrews 11, which is known as the Hall of Faith. And in that Hall of Faith, the writer lays out how that all the great people of all, every time have taken a step of faith into the unknown as they obeyed God talks about Abraham and Sarah and Joseph and David and all these other people, these men and women who are great people of faith in this hall of faith and how they stepped one by one, step by step, and followed God and found fulfillment in all that. How are you doing at those things in your life? Peter, 
in this first moment of his real step of faith, previously, you know, of course, he heard God's call, but it went back to fishing, and then he saw God's work in his home with the healing of his mother-in-law. But in this moment is a new step of faith as Peter follows as a, as a disciple. And I think many times in our life we do that. And God was also calling him to the last step, which was to invite others to Christ. So all of us, we need to be able to open our hearts and lives to God in new ways, to be able to hear God's word, to take a step of faith, and to invite others. And you know, you don't need to have all the answers. You simply need to know the one who is the answer, who is Jesus Christ. Peter grew in faith each step of the way. And Peter, of course, fell, as we all know, and most of us fall and come short many times in life. Peter denied Christ not once, but three times when Christ needed his support most, in the shadow of the cross. But after the resurrection, the Lord went to Peter, went when he went back to fishing, and forgave him not once, but three times, so he'd hear the affirmation of not only his discipleship, but his call to ministry as he grew in faith. And many of us learn more from maybe from our stumbles and short steps than we do from sometimes from our triumphs. God is teaching us each step of the way. If you've fallen short sometimes, which we all do, know that God is there just like a parent to pick us up along the way of life and to help us on down the road. And we can learn, we can grow, and we can share with others in a way that that makes them understand that God is there to forgive them as well. In my own life, I had some, some moments of faith that, you know, were different steps, but I remember one time that when I first went to seminary, I went to seminary, and uh, it was at Yale, and I had a family situation back home. I had to go back home. I had to withdraw. And the next semester, everything had cleared up, and I was ready to go back. And so I called the registrar, and I said, is my place still open? And she said, yes, uh, place is still open for you. She says, but she said, there's no rooms left. <laughs> and I said, well, this is before the internet, by the way. So to date myself a little bit, and I said, well, what can I do? And she said, well, there's some people around campus that rent out rooms to students. Why don't you come and find a room to stay? And I said, well, you know, it's, uh, it's an eight-hour drive, so I can't really drive there or fly there and come back. She said, just come, and, and uh, you'll find something. I went like, okay. So I was on a Friday evening, and uh, I left on Friday. I got there Friday afternoon late, and I registered, finished all that, and I said, have you found anyone who had a room to rent? And she said, no. And I said, well, what, what am I supposed to do? She said, well, why don't you just go down a couple streets and start walking around and knocking on doors? And I, I'm not really a walking around, knocking on doors kind of a person, you got to understand. So, um, but I was getting desperate. It was getting dark. So my vehicle was just full of all this, all my clothes and everything. I felt my life belongings. And so I went down a, just one street uh, from the seminary and there was a parking space. And the parking space was across the street from this, like, castle-like house, right? And it, it was so castle-like, it even had a stone wall around it with an iron gate. And I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to get turned down, let's start at the top, <laughs> right? So I opened the gate, walked in, and I went up to the door. It's one of those big oak castle-like doors with a little glass window. And I knocked on the door, and this uh, little lady kind of opened the door, and, and she said, hi, Sonny, how you doing? I was younger then. And... <laughs> I said, I'm doing great, and she said, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I'm at seminary here, and I really need a room to stay in. And she looked at me, and she said, well, when do you need that? And I said, well, this evening would be really great. 
<laughs> we both kind of laughed. And she said, well, you seem awfully nice. Why don't you come on and have a cup of iced tea? All right, okay. So we chatted over iced tea, and after a while she said, well, you, you do seem really nice. Listen, my daughter is going to University of Arizona. I have at times rented a room out. Why don't you see what I have? And I said, okay. I wasn't being fussy at this time, but we went up this circular staircase. It like it really was like a castle in this turret up in the top of this tower, and there's this room that looked out over these gardens, and it was just, you know, I thought it was incredible. And she said, will this do? And I said, yes, <laughs> this would be great. And she said, how much do you, you know, willing to pay for it? And I just said, whatever. But anyway, she gave it to me. It was, we wouldn't even cover the electricity. But the rest of the semester, the rest of that year, I was just thinking, you know, how blessed I was that had I not been in that desperate situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there. I would have been happy, frankly, in that someone's cellar at that point. But, you know, sometimes God puts us in a place where the only thing we have to do is to look up and to pray in faith. And in so doing, God stretches us. And there's been other moments in my life, and I know in your life too, where God has stretched you in faith. And there's a reason for that. We grow in faith, and we're ready for the next step. The next step is we stretch and stretch in faith, and we grow in our gifts and talents. Where is God calling you to take a new step of faith? And it's not a step of faith that you can see all the future. If you're like me, I like a roadmap. I like the GPS. I like to see all the options. But that's not usually the way God gives it to us. We can only see the way as we look behind us, not ahead. Ahead, we see oftentimes darkness, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. But what we know is this, that God is there taking us by the hand each step of the way. I love the story, true story, of the first landing on the moon with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. And NASA knew that it'd be a very stressful time as they landed on the moon. And in fact, it was much more stressful than what we realized because they really almost ran out of fuel when the landing it was more difficult than what they realized. And so they scheduled uh, a couple hours of downtime before the, uh, Neil Armstrong would get out and take the famous steps on the moon. And the astronauts had time to, to think about that. And and uh, Buzz Aldrin has shared that what they did was it uh, wasn't televised, but uh, he had brought Holy Communion onto the space capsule with them uh, so it could be in, in a kind of container that could be taken in zero gravity. And so it was, uh, he was an elder in the Presbyterian Church and had it blessed at home. People were praying at home and they were able to take communion together in that moment before Neil Armstrong took the one small step for man and the one giant leap for mankind. And that gave them strength as they prayed. Now that's just one step, but where are you today? As we're nurtured by God's Word, listen to God's Word, and we're fed in a very real sense by Holy Communion, we take that. But each step of the way, God is there holding us by the hand. This is the season of Lent, when we journey with Jesus to the cross. I encourage us to not just take one step, but several steps. They can be baby steps, they can be bigger steps, but along the way of life, we know that God is with us to face every challenge, every difficulty, every illness, every loss that we'll ever face. God is there with us to love us like a parent and to help us grow each step along the road of life. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we're so thankful that you are with us, that you enter into our life in multiple ways. You come into our home, you come into our office, you come into our life. And if we're patient and listen to your words, 
you draw us into deeper waters, into greater steps of faith, and you stretch us so that we use our gifts and talents in new ways, and we learn to invite others to share your love as well. So, Lord, in this season of Lent, even as Jesus called the disciples, Peter, James, and John, in this incredible moment in Scripture, help us to hear you calling our names, bidding us to listen to your word and take a step of faith along the journey of life. Help us to be able to enter into new areas and to invite new people to share in your faith and your love in new and amazing ways. And help us to grow as we journey towards the cross and towards the Easter resurrection. We pray this in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.